Hello and welcome to Active Bryant Holistic Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host, and this podcast is all about fitness lingerie. Now, I don't know if you've noticed in the last few years that fitness lingerie is all the rage. And if you don't believe me, just have a look around in your gym. You see guys and girls using wraps around their uh, wrists. Then you've got guys wearing uh, a knee harness. Then they're wearing these uh, special socks for deadlifting. Then they're wearing uh, wrist straps when they're just benching. And then they're uh, wearing like tight, super tight lycra underneath their uh, shorts or their gym kit. So I call that fitness lingerie because most of it you do not need. And the reason why I'm saying this is because when you use straps for doing a deadlift, you're really lifting something that you can't lift. And it's the strap that's enabling you to lift the weight. But you might say, well, that is the point, Scott. But the point is, is that if you don't want to get thoracic outlet syndrome and other injuries in your upper spine, you should only lift weights that your body can lift. Does that make sense? And this is where lots of bodybuilders and big powerlifters uh, end up getting injured by not preparing their body fully or too much in their ego. Then the other thing with the, the lingerie fitness is that they use smelling salts in which to clear the head to lift a heavier weight. Which I understand, but that's a bit like sniffing poppers, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but what do you think? So, when it comes to lifting, I'm very, very old school. I don't use wraps, I don't use straps. I use a belt on my one rep max. Uh, And I just wear normal gym kit. Oh, flat shoes, not high heel shoes. So you see some guys in high heels. You know what I mean by that is like Nike with a big bubble in the back of the trainer. But I've seen a bigger percentage of the younger guys coming in wearing proper flat lifting shoes or Vibram shoes. And this will make a big difference to how uh, the energy goes through the body and how you're activating your core and you're feeling very, very grounded. But if you've got flat feet and stuff like that, it could cause a problem. But there is ways of changing the flat foot, which I'll have to talk about that in another podcast. But when it, become, when it comes to belts, you really should make sure that your inner core is as strong as your outer core. And then you could be able to throw away your weightlifting belt or only use it for one rep maximum lifts like I do. So the inner and outer unit need to be equally as strong as each other. And your lower back needs to be strong as the rectus abdominis as well. So if you've got a weakness in the lower back and you're avoid training it, but you're just doing abdominals to death, then what will happen is is that uh, over time, the muscle will get stretched and it will go become long and weak. If you imagine a pregnant woman as the belly gets bigger, the, the muscle lengthens and lengthens and gets not as strong, and that's why they get lower back pain. 
And this will be the same for guys if they're wearing a belt all the time. I knew this guy at my old gym and he used to wear a belt for everything. I think he even went and wore a belt when he was having a dump in the toilet. And I used to see him training. His form and his technique was terrible. But I ain't going to say nothing to him because he's not paying me and uh, I don't want to piss the guy off uh, unless I didn't want him to train at the gym anymore. Uh, but that's not my, my bag. You know, I will advise people if I think that they're open to it and they're looking for help and advice. And normally guys, not so much girls, but normally guys are so much in their egos that they take whatever you say to an offence. Now, I trained a American football coach and we worked together for about six months. And he was really big, really big. He had a lot of body fat. But then we worked on getting his body fat off and get him to do specific uh, infant <laughs> development exercises, which he thought which he thought was crazy to start off with. But then he heard I studied with Paul Check, and uh, uh, this is a great thing to help you with injury. And after about six weeks of working together, he was. Uh, deadlifting 180 kilo which is amazing for somebody that was just over 15 stone and he was in his uh, late 40s age wise uh, but he never used wraps he never used a belt after I showed him the benefits of not wearing a belt and using wraps now the thing is with wraps you can cheat rep which I do and I don't believe in because if you cheat rep you've got a chance of getting an injury again because you're taking the body beyond what it can really do. So you're really deceiving your body, but you, the body never lies to you, so you can't lie to it. And that's why I think wearing uh, fitness lingerie, like your straps, your belts, your tights, and all that type of stuff is giving you a false sense of security. The same as I see uh, younger people on TikTok doing the bridge for their bench pressing but they're only benching 80 kilo now if you're going to do the bridge in your bench I can understand if you're doing 190 kilo but not 80 kilo it's such a light mediocre weight and then you've got to think about what are you doing to your spine now when you're young your body can probably take it but as you get older and older you know, your spine is not as strong, depending on your diet as well. If your diet's good, then it will be strong. And you're doing good uh, pull patterns, push patterns, open close, open close and open chain exercises in which to balance your body. So the next thing I want to talk about is the massage gun, right? If you can't afford a massage gun and your girlfriend or your boyfriend has got a vibrator, you can use that, but just make sure you disinfect it and clean it first. So I read this in a Russian powerlifting book, and he said it was just as good as using a massage gun. And I think that depending on what size vibrator you get, uh, it's easy to carry around in your bag, and then when you finish your workout, you're feeling tight in a certain muscle, just whack the old vibrator on there, or the ferro gun that I use, 
and you can release that muscle really, really quickly and get into recovery. So the, the other thing I noticed, this isn't about uh, fitness lingerie, this is more about supplements, is the pre-workouts are full of caffeine. Why would you want something that's full of caffeine? Yeah, it's going to give you a buzz and uh, I don't think it helps you to train harder, but it will just give you a buzz to train. But caffeine is highly addictive and it has so many detrimental effects on the body. I'll do a podcast about that as well. As well. And the BCAA supplement I bought uh, the other day is full of sugar. It's like eating a chocolate bar. I said this in the earlier podcast. Uh, but I act on impulse. You know, fitness lingerie come into my head because I've been listening to Paul. He's uh, old recordings from 2003. And he really goes into one. And I think it's uh, great to hear his passion uh, to change the industry. But unfortunately, it hasn't changed the industry at all. It's uh, He hasn't made it worse but the gym owners have made it worse because most gym owners, they don't take training seriously. They haven't got a, a degree or a master's in exercise. And that's why most of the gyms will have, you know, lots of cardio, cardiovascular gimmicks, lots of machines. And the gym that I was training in only had one deadlift platform for a membership base of 9,000. Nine and he said to me, he didn't want big lifters in there. And uh, I just looked at him, just thought he was mad. Like, I'm a big lifter, and I've been lifting for 30 years. So why would you not want big lifters that are going to pay you a gym rent every month, month in, month out, year in, year out? So I think this guy, to be the gym manager and to be training clients, and then not to be documenting everything was completely idiotic in my opinion. But when it comes to straps, why are they strapping themselves up and their elbows? I, I was chatting to one guy and he had the tennis elbow, he had it all strapped up. And I said, how long you had the tennis elbow for? Oh, years. Uh, shouldn't you be doing something to come out of tennis elbow and to not use the wrap? And guess where all his training was? All on a machine. So I can see why he uh, had the injury and why he's not recovered from it. And some people will... I spoke to a golfer and he had a shoulder injury. So I quickly assessed his core and realised he wasn't firing his core and his diet was terrible and he had this uh, shoulder pain. So I said, how long you had the shoulder pain for? Oh, four, four or five months and it's getting worse. I said, what sort of golfer are you? He said, oh, I'm a scratch golfer and it's really affecting my golf. So I showed him he wasn't even activating his deep abdominal wall. He wasn't even firing his uh, inner unit. And uh, he wondered why he had shoulder pain. So some people just don't get it. And occasionally I saw him wearing a belt as well. but Or wearing fitness lingerie. So can you see how the fitness industry has really tapped into people's insecurities as much as they possibly can in which to make money? Uh, which I'm not against companies making money, but what I am against is 
using things that may damage you maybe not this week maybe not next week but maybe in time to come so you've got to be really really careful about wearing the old fitness lingerie now when i train i've got these uh, tracky bottoms not tracky bottoms shorts sorry and they've got lycra inside of them which protect my groin but those are uh, some footballers wear them as well so i've got not got a problem with that and when i train i try and train in either vibrams or i found this other company that do these really really flat like bare walking flat shoes and i train in them and i feel really good in them and uh try and wear the smart things yeah if you're gonna wear a belt only wear it for your one rep max if you're gonna if you must wear wraps and all that try and only use it for your one rep max don't use it for everything that you bloody do and that's what i see guys doing you know they they can they can uh, leg press a lot but can't squat nothing and then they can do lots of lat pull down but can't do any chins so what's the point using wraps so please comment please subscribe please uh, give me a review on my podcast if you'd like to join me on my podcast and have a debate about uh, fitness lingerie or anything that I've spoken about in my podcasts I think I've done about nearly coming up to 70 or 80 now I do enjoy doing them and I hope that you get something from it so if you want to buy my book please go to uh, Amazon and or audible.com holistic health for proper geezers classy ladies get the body and fitness you want or go to uh, any other bookstore online you can buy it there and if you want to ask me any questions or anything just go to my website Active Bright Systems and send me an email or you can check out my 2000 videos on YouTube okay thanks very much for listening this chat next time very soon bye and welcome to Scott Bryant's Holistic Fitness Systems. Thank you for clicking on the podcast. I'm Scott Bryant, your host, and this podcast is all about how to never get injured in the gym again. So I've got 10 points I'm going to go over. Improper conditioning, bad diets, too little recovery time, bad, badly designed programs, taking drugs, weak cause, bad posture, overtraining, and how not to get injured in the first place. Okay, so uh, thank you for clicking on the podcast today. And let's really talk about improper conditioning. So I've been in many gyms and seen little and few programs designed. And people just go by what they've been doing for weeks in and weeks out. Whereas the body gets used to what you're doing very, very quickly. So the way to understand this is if you was on a building site the first week, it would be really hard, wouldn't it? If you was a hod carrier. And let's say you get to the third week, it's not as hard. When you get to the fourth or the fifth week, it's easy. And this is the fundamental mistake that lots of people make with their training programs doing the same thing week in week out the same treadmill the same cross trainer and not changing or variating what they're doing so the body ceases to change 
Now, depending on how quickly your body adapts, you should have a new program every four, four to six weeks in which to really get the body keep changing or eight weeks, depending on how quickly you learn exercise and how quickly your body learns <coughs> exercise. So many people will get overtraining pattern injuries. So they might be doing bicep curl but not doing the bicep curl in full range of movement and this is what could give them a bicep tear or they could be taking a synthetic or some sort of drug to enhance their strength so that strength is not naturally there so then they'll lift a weight that's too heavy and then uh, tear the muscle which will cause an injury in the bicep. So it's really important for you to get your conditioning right and to make sure that you document your conditioning so you know what you're doing from week one to week 48. If you're not documenting what you're doing and you're training blind, so you wouldn't put a blindfold on and try and drive your car. You wouldn't put a blindfold on and try and fix what's going on in the engine. And from what I hear now with electric cars, you have to take it to a mechanic now because you're not going to know how to fix it. And this is the same with the human body. I find it very frustrating when I go into gyms and I talk to other members. I go, where's your training program? Oh, it's in the head. And I've said this many times in my other podcasts and I just think it's stupidity. And then they'll wonder why they get an injury later on down the line, especially if you're new to exercise coming into January and you decide to go and do 10 sets of deadlifts and five sets of squats and five sets of chins, and you've not been doing that for the last two years or the last year because of the lockdown. You have to gradually incorporate your body into exercise so then that way you don't get injured. So the next subject is shocking diets protein powders and protein powders and more protein powders uh, which is whey isolate which is boiled froth from the top of the milk that's dried and sold to you as the best protein which it isn't but now I see that you can buy a protein that's uh, grass-fed so that's a little bit of an improvement but let's hope it don't have no mega sweeteners in it anything with the suffix OSE is a sweetener so you want to avoid Uh, protein powders with sweeteners in really we should be getting our protein from as much natural food as we possibly can now I've just started taking BCAAs branch chain amino acids uh, 20 grams in my session drinking it as a drink Uh, not a protein powder but a BCAA powder so hopefully this will enhance my uh, strength maybe a little bit but enhance my muscle mass because I'm 50 years old and I want to maintain my mass and my strength so really I'm a great believer in uh, <laughs> intermittent fasting I'm a great believer in uh, the uh, the metabolic typing diet uh, and I'm a great believer in the Atkins diet for protein types So it depends on what your type are or what type of food you're eating. And the reason why I'm talking about bad diets, I've seen people eating chocolate bars and all these really bad things all the time. 
not just as a treat, all the time. So what you've got to remember is that the food that you eat makes up the structure of your body. So if you're eating hormone-fed cows, which are not organic, then that hormone may go into your system and uh, cause a cancerous growth in the body because your body's taken on that hormone that the cow had in its body put in by the vet or by the, the farmer. So really you want hormone-free meat, hormone-free milk if you decide to drink milk. But I believe, Robin, milk is for babies and not for adults. And if you're black or Caribbean descent, you probably can't take on the protein in the milk. And this may cause a gut issue because your body can't take on, uh, what is it, the isolates in the milk. So you've got to remember that, that a bigger percentage of people are allergic to dairy because they have dairy every fucking day, three, four, five times a day. In their tea, in their coffee, in their cakes, in their sweets, in their, you know, in their yogurts. It's in everything. So for me, I only have yogurt uh, when I feel that my uh, good bacteria is low. So I'll top it up with live yogurt. But that's the only time I have yogurt. If I'm having cheese, it'll be once in a blue moon. I never have milk in my tea, and I don't drink coffee. I've been off coffee for nearly two years now. Uh, So I don't drink coffee anymore, but any teas I have, I don't add any milk to whatsoever. I used to have uh, raw milk from the farmer's market, but a couple of times I didn't feel right, so I stopped having that. Uh, So real milk is a, a real great idea. There's a book that you can read called uh, Milk the Deadly Poison, so you can understand about what I'm saying about milk and how dangerous it can be in your diet, especially if you're an adult and not a child. Uh, If you're a growing child or you're in your teens, then milk is a good idea. And I can remember Arnold saying in Pumping Iron, milk is for babies, so I totally agree with that from what he said. So really get your diet right. Remember, you've got to have fats, you've got to have proteins, you've got to have carbohydrates. You can't just eat a protein diet only. You've got to have good fats to give you energy. And good fats are really good for the body uh, and can help you to get a little bit leaner if you're eating more fat than carbohydrate and a little bit less protein. Uh, You'll find that your body shape will change over time. Okay, so the next point, point number three, is uh, lacking, lacking recovery and overtraining. So I was speaking to some guys in the gym. I'm in here six days a week, Scott. Have you got an injured shoulder? Oh, yeah, I've got an injured shoulder, but I'm in the gym six days a week. And I've oh, got a tennis elbow. How many days a week are you in the gym? Oh, I'm here seven days a week. And uh, what exercise do you do? Oh, I do bench press. And what other exercises do you do? Oh, I do all pushing exercises. Uh, oh right, you can see your posture is a little bit bad. Do you do any back work? Oh no, I just do chest exercises. And then they wonder why they've got tennis elbow, you know, or their their chest is overly strong compared to their back. And then they've got forward head posture, inverted breathing patterns, and uh, faulty re- <laughs> recruitment of muscles. The muscles that are 
a week, a week, and the muscles that are strong are overly strong. They're not understanding that they need to get the weak muscles stronger and lay off the strong muscles until the weak muscles get stronger to rebalance the kinesiology in the body. And this is why a lot of people get injured. Lack of recovery time, overtraining, and not understanding the stress levels in their life, like family stress, money stress, uh, weather stress, food stress, and all these stresses back up inside the body and cause the biological oscillators in the body not to work correctly. Number four, bad designed programs or not even having a program. So I was on TikTok the other day and this guy was talking about programs and he sells programs for £12. Now, one of my programs is £120. So what's the difference? I'm going to assess you, your whole body, and I'm going to do this assessment which might take one to four hours. Once this assessment is done, then I'm looking at what exercises you can and can't do. What muscles are weak, what muscles are tight, and what muscles are strong. And making sure that we balance everything out so you get stronger, so you don't get injured. Making sure that you warm up fully. You'll see so many people, somebody on TikTok, a 22-year-old, you don't need to stretch and you don't need to warm up because... uh, When you run for the bus, you don't warm up. But you would have walked to the bus stop, so you would have got warm anyway. Yes, the body is designed to be explosively fast in panic times. I agree with that. But when you're doing specific exercises, which are not running, jogging or jumping, you need to warm up your body and get your body prepared for that to keep yourself injury-free. Every book that I have read says the same so really important for you to warm up the body stretch the specific muscles the only ones that are tight and then get into your workout and have a program from me or from somebody every four to six weeks to make sure that your progression is improving you're getting your prioritization part of your program designed So let's say you've done legs on a Monday. Should you do legs on a Tuesday? No. Should you do them on a Wednesday? No, you should do them on a Thursday. In which to give that muscle group accurate amounts of rest and recovery. Otherwise, you'll get more tissue breakdown and you're setting yourself up for injury. And then the other thing you've got to take into your lifestyle into account. So if you want to work out four days a week, and you're working your legs out twice a week, but you're sitting down all day, then that may be too much. Does that make sense? So program design is really, really important for getting optimum results in the body. Really, you wanna do less than five exercises, no more than 52 sets. If you go over 52 sets, then you'll be tapping into your hormonal system and may be causing a huge problem. Now, I've been reading a book uh, this morning and it's all about a jailhouse, not jailhouse rock by Elvis, but jailhouse uh, training, interval training. Now, the book's a good book, but 
it's talking about doing 10 sets of 20 reps. Now that's way too much and will damage the hormonal system and put you maybe into adrenal fatigue or maybe you might get uh, MS over a while or you may feel very depressed because you're doing too much. Now it's, uh, uh, it's all for training in prison. Now when you're in prison, you're locked up for 23 hours a day. So you may train for an hour to two hours, but because you're locked up all day long, you're not doing anything. You may be able to get away from that, but everyday normal people won't be able to, in my opinion. So the next subject is taking drugs. Now certain medical drugs can cause uh, the muscle to break down even quicker, especially the ligaments and tendons. So I was on a uh, an antibiotic, which was probably the strongest one the doctor said he could give me. And when I spoke to my physio client, she said, Scott, be careful, this will damage your ligaments and tendons. Do not train on this or train very, very lightly. But the doctor never told me that. But it was in the pamphlet, but many people don't read the pamphlet when they get their medical drugs off their doctor. Then you've got the other side of it is uh, I see a lot of young guys, you know, from 17 upwards, are now taking anabolic steroids to get bigger. Which to, which to me is a complete joke. If you're taking anabolic steroids at, at that age, when your hormones are raging and you can't get bigger, you're doing something that is going to cause real damage in your late 20s and early 30s. Because most people that end up taking anabolic steroids, it's not just for one cycle, for eight weeks. It'll be for the rest of their lives because their testosterone will shut down. The same with women. The women that are taking anabolic steroids look like Mr. Ed or look like a man with a woman's features. I don't find that attractive at all. But, you know, people want to do that. That's up to them. Uh, but really important to look at your medical drugs and see if that's the link to your injury or uh, some high profile like uh, Elliot Hulse, he ripped his uh, bicep and tricep. Dorian Yates ripped his bicep and tricep through taking drugs, through pushing the body beyond what it can do naturally. And this is why I pride myself on training natural and staying relatively injury-free, touch my head, touch wood, uh, because I stretch, I mobilise, I warm up, I stay away from uh, any type of drug, even if the doctor says to me, right, you need to take this drug because of this reason, Scott, I will always try and find a natural alternative to that drug. And I will be studying to become a naturopath very soon in the new year. So then that way I'll understand what drug a person's on and how we can uh, give them a natural supplement or a natural remedy that will give them the same effect as the, the drug without giving you the same damage, if that makes sense. And the next subject is uh, number seven, which is weak cause. Now, the only place where I've learned how to train the core correctly was through the Czech Institute, and there's a course called Scientific Core Conditioning 
which is really hard to pass to get the qualification. And it goes really, really, really in depth. So I found that with people that are eating bread, pasta, rice and white flour products, they cause a shut off. So Paul says everything emanates from out of the core. So if your core is weak, your shoulder will be weak, your knee will be weak, your elbow will be weak. So it's fundamentally really important for you to not have visceral retosis. And visceral retosis is a big gut look, like a, a bloated belly look. Or say like you're 5'11 and you're 13 stone, you should have a, a, 38 inch, a, 30, a 30 inch waist or maybe a 29 inch waist or 31 to 32. But 38 inch waist is way, way, way too big. And that'll cause, uh, you know, stretching of the abdominal wall, the stretching of the linear alvar. And if the abdominal wall is overly stretched, then the thoracolumbar fascia in the lower back, they can't talk to each other. So that means that person will be training with a weak L5S1 or maybe a weak uh, SI joint because these muscles are not tight enough in which to hold the body in the correct position or the back in the correct position. So this person will more likely or not have lower back pain or they may have high neck pain or shoulder pain. So really important to train your core in the correct way and unfortunately, Czech practitioners are the only ones taught how to do this. And you might say, oh, that's all bollocks, Scott, that's a lie, blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, if you are training your core at the moment, and even if you've got a six pack, I bet you 1,000 pounds, if you was to come and see me, I will show you instantly that your core is not working, unless you studied the Czech stuff, then I wouldn't see you in the, if you've done the, the higher levels like level four or level three or level two or exercise coach. But if you're not an exercise coach in the Czech system, then I know straight away your core is weak. Uh, section number eight is posture. Shocking posture in bodybuilders. Shocking posture in martial artists. Shocking posture in boxers. And people that work at a desk all day long. So really, your program should be correcting your posture, strengthening your core, helping you to breathe correctly, and helping you to work endurance for the muscle to start off with, and working on your flexibility, then working on strength, speed, and power, which everybody does first of all. They avoid the stuff that's really important. So if somebody's sitting at a desk eight hours a day because they're a stockbroker or they're a lawyer, or they've got, or they're a council worker where they're on the on the computer all the, all the time. Then the monitor needs to be adjusted, the seat needs to be adjusted, the desk needs to be adjusted, and you need to be taught exercises where you can go in the toilet or walk around the park and do these postural exercises to get your posture switched on. Because seeing a trainer once or twice a week is not going to change it. Because you're sitting in bad posture for eight hours a day. Does that make sense? Number nine, overtraining. Like I said at the beginning, six out, you know, six days a week, training for two hours, training for three hours. Now, as soon as anyone says to me they're training two hours a day, I think they're a complete Neanderthal. Simply because 
your body's in peak performance for, you know, 40 minutes or 50 minutes or 60 minutes and then it drops off. Now, if you're a marathon runner or you're doing that sort of performance work, marathon runners and runners are injured all the time. Simply because the body's not designed to do that. The same as the marathon runner will have more body fat ratio compared to a sprinter. Because a sprinter's doing it explosively fast, they're doing heavy strength and conditioning in which to keep their muscle mass. Now I can remember, I was in one gym, this is many moons ago before I learned all what I've learned and the experience I've had with clients. I was working with one client, and or prospective client, she said that she was a marathon runner. I said, okay, uh, how strong are your legs? Oh, my legs are really, really strong. I said, okay, can we, do you want to try to do some multi-directional lunges? I got her to do the multi-directional lunges. She fell over on the floor about the, the, uh, the second set and her knee was hurting. So we had to, you know, ice it and give it some massage. And she was all right within a couple of days, which was great. But it showed that because she's running in a plane of just going forward, she was not going backwards, sideways, around, and doing all these different multiple planes of exercise in which to keep her knees strong. Oh, I do the I do the leg press. Oh, I do the leg extension. It's still not. Uh, it still doesn't go. Uh, it still doesn't cross over into what she was doing. Does that make sense? and she had a weak core, and she had forward head, and she had an inverted breathing pattern. So overtraining is a big, big issue for injury. Not stretching is a big, big issue for injury. Lifting weights that you can't lift is a big one. Another one is wearing wraps and weightlifting belts. Now, admittedly, I've got a belt that I wear when I'm doing my one rep max lift. Or if I don't feel as strong that day but I won't wear it all day long and I won't wear it for every single exercise in the gym I use my core in which as my natural weightlifting belt in which to keep everything strong but if I'm doing 160 to 200 kilo deadlift I want to be supporting everything just in case okay so how do we fix injury well, there's, there's many ways of fixing injury. One is making sure that your program when you're starting training, or even if you've been training for 20 years, making sure that you're doing flexibility work, stability work, then endurance work, then strength, then speed, then power. And if you're in your power phase for eight weeks, go back to the endurance phase. Or do power one day, endurance the next, stability the third day. Does that make sense? Now, in every book that I've read recently, they talk about cardiovascular fitness and cardiovascular fitness is not independent. You get it when you do strength and conditioning training. And this is another thing that's missed out by many older people from, say, 40 onwards, especially females. I'm not lifting that way. I can't lift that way. Give me the two kilos. Or guys, oh, I don't want to get big and bulky. And women, don't want to get big and bulky. 
Oh, I just wish it was that easy. I've been training for over 30 years. It's taken me till I'm 50 to get to my arms up to 17 and a half inches. Hopefully 18 by next year. That's not pumped, that's cold. So uh, you've got to make sure that you're doing cold baths or cold channels so you get the recovery try and get a massage a regular massage even if you can't get a massage they're doing massage guns now on amazon for 20 pounds mine was 500 pounds and i use it every night and if i feel a little niggle or a little pain i'll use the massage gun or i'll use my own hands because i studied massage in which to release the trigger point so remember you can get trigger points in muscles that can cause pain you might have an inverted breathing pattern that may be causing pain. You may have a repetitive injury that keeps coming back because you've not changed the posture, you've not turned the core on, or you're just moving in an incorrect pattern that's causing the pain. Does that make sense? So as we get older, parts of the muscles around the body will shut off an atrophy like the abdominal wall in men, the glutes in men, uh, the pectoral in men as well, and in women, it will be the the glute as well, the bum and the thighs uh, will start to atrophy and start to lose muscle mass from say 25 onwards because everything starts to deplete from 25. But you can reverse all this with regular strength and conditioning training and uh, getting it right so if you need a program wherever you are in the world let me know I have people travel to me from around the world to get a program and get an assessment and then once I've done your first program and we know what you need to stretch what's weak what's strong what's tight uh, then we can do other programs where we can do it online but the first program has to be a full assessment and I know whether the clients are doing what I'm asking them to do because when I reassess I see that they've not been doing it and I know exactly how long it takes for a, uh, a body to recover from injury so I met three guys all got a tennis elbow all bodybuilders all doing too much bench press too much push work not enough pulling work posture alignment was out uh, so they won't get over that tennis elbow unless they change something so this is really important and really important if you're getting an injury just work around it so if you've got a knee injury try doing some hip extensions on the swiss ball because there's no load in the knee the load is in the hamstrings and glute if you've got a pectoral injury instead of doing a bench press do a standing cable push instead and see if the pain is a 10 if it's a 10 don't do it if it's a two or three you may be able to get away with it if you've got a shoulder injury find out whether it's the the rear delt the side delt or the front delt part of the delt and see which part by raising the arm up which part is painful and stay away from that muscle group if you've got a quad injury and a knee injury 
do overlapping fitness where you'll squat down halfway so you slightly feel the pain do that for five or four weeks then you'll find that the body will get stronger and you'll be able to go lower and lower until the pain dissipates and go away now i believe if there's if you decide that you want to have surgery done this should be the last thing you ever do because they're saying about 98 percent of people that have surgery will still have the pain after surgery and it may be worse. So I recently worked with a client that had uh, back pain surgery, gained tons of weight and still had the pain. So we've done an assessment, we did a program, pain completely gone. And guess what the surgeon said to him? You can't train for six weeks. So when you're not training for six weeks, the muscle will atrophy, you will lose it, you will gain weight, you'll feel terrible, and then it might take you six months to get back to where you was before. So this is bad information from uh, an orthopedic surgeon, whereas the surgeon that I work with, he would probably say to you, get back into exercise as quick as you can, because he's worked with me for years and years, and I pass on my knowledge to the people that I work with as much as I can. So really important for you to get back to your exercise as quick as you can because of atrophy. So I worked with the physio, another physio and she had a shoulder injury from skiing. She's got a testimonial on the front of my website and we worked around it and she was really, really happy that I could do that and made her really strong, got her balancing on the BOSU and got her doing some really crazy stuff that she didn't think that she could do. Uh, because of this injury. So it's all about working around the injury and doing everything you can to repair that injury. So you might wanna do icing, you might wanna do dry needling, you might wanna do moxibustion, you might wanna just put some deep heat on it, which I don't agree with. Uh, you might just wanna get somebody to give you a massage. You might wanna try acupuncture. Uh, you might want to try rolfing, but rolfing is really painful. Uh, so there's many things that you can do with an injury. And just having an injury doesn't stop you working working out. I ripped my tricep from hitting a bag ferociously, and I slipped the bag. And as I slipped, I ripped the tricep. And I had that problem for good on eight or nine weeks. But I was still training, I was doing lots of leg work, I was doing core work, I was doing as much as I could. If my pain was a 10, I would stop. If the pain was a one to a two, then I'd keep training. And this is what I say to my pain and injured clients, that it's gonna take time for us to get you in recovery, uh, but we will get you to recover, but you've gotta do your part of the work. I can give you the knowledge and what you need to, to know to repair, but if you, don't do it, it ain't gonna work. Uh, so let's recap. So improper conditioning, so that means that you're doing too much too early, or maybe you're overdoing it. Bad diets, too much sugar, too much caffeine, uh, too much food that inflames your gut lining, which can then inflame the, uh, the muscle that has the problem. 
Now, a lot of physios will say that's poo-poo, that's, that's nonsense, they don't believe in that. And that's because they mainly study anatomy and physiology and med- medical drugs and what they're going to do. Obviously, they study muscle movement and uh, insertion of muscle as well. But they don't really look at diet as in-depthly as I do. Okay? Not letting your body recover, doing too much and overdoing it. Eight, uh, bad program design. Now, if you pay £12 for a program or you get one of these stupid apps online and you decide to use an app online that's not looking at your height, not looking at your weight, not looking at the weak, strong, loose muscles and not looking at your power output, this is why you can get injured. And I've had a few clients come to me that have been using apps. They're very young, very naive. But when I educate them, they realize, oh oh my God, I I wish I never started using it, Scott. So bad program design, taking medical drugs or steroids, weak cores, you must get your core strong. And I get lots of clients, I want a strong core. (laughs) And when I show them how to do it, they're shocked what they need to do in which to get the, the core strong. It's not just about abdominal crunches, I'm afraid. It's not just about doing the uh, idiot plank, side plank's all right, but the normal plank, I wouldn't get any client to do that simply because 72% of the population have got a disc herniation waiting to happen. And I wouldn't know whether that person is the 72% without doing all of my assessments. It's a bad posture. You know, everything begins with posture when it comes to exercise, if you've got bad alignment, forward head, or you're a boxer, cage fighter, MMA fighter, you may have injuries because of the weak core and the bad posture, and an inverted breathing pattern. Overtraining is a massive one. So if you don't feel energized at the end of your session and buzzing, you've overtrained. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please share. Please give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be amazing. And I look forward to talking to you again soon in a couple of days. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Peace out. Lots of love.